You know what one of my favorite things about RedRiverHorror.com is? The monthly preview. Well, today we have a special guest on episode number 97 of the Red River Horror Podcast, so please sit back, relax, and travel those channels of fear. Welcome back. This is episode number 97 of the Red River Horror Podcast. I am your host, Joe Zakreski, joined by RedRiverHorror.com founder, Eddie Kayazo. Hey, Ed, how are you? Joe, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah? As always. Good. Every day you see me, yeah. it's the best day of my life. Really? Yeah. Yeah, every day's a gift. Every day's a gift. Sure is. <laughs> and we have a special guest with us, the, the, the man, the myth, the legend, who's doing our monthly upcoming previews on RedRiverHorror.com, Stephen Beeson. Stephen, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We're thrilled to have you, man. You've been doing wonderful work ever since you took over this spot on the website. It's my favorite feature of the, of the site. Always gives me something to look forward to. So great to have you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I, th- I think I've been doing this since, gosh, probably February, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, been been on board for a while now. Happy to be a part. Fantastic. Um, and just before we get into things, I could tell you both something. I, uh, You know how sometimes you want to not listen to the critics or the audience and just want to see something for yourself? Well, I made a terrible mistake. And I went on, oh, to, boy. I went on to Hulu. I think it was Hulu. And I watched Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Oh. Have either of you watched that one? I have not seen that one, no. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I So I. that's the only one I haven't seen. Don't. I, I wasn't a fan of three. I, I, I liked one and two. Three was exactly what I expected it to be. Yeah. Two was surprisingly enjoyable. It was. I thought so, too. Um, and I loved the first one. Yes. And this one, you know, was supposed to be reborn, so mm-hmm. it was kind of like a rebootish, yeah, basically a reboot. Okay. And it does a nice, like, similar opening, but set in the past. Oh, boy. And everything's, like, going well, and then it goes to the future, and, and that's just really, really bad from there on out. Like, hmm. none of the characters are redeeming the writings, like, deli- the delivery of lines. It's... It, it was a cringe fest, so I'm just getting the word out there to avoid that one at all costs. And then I was like, I maybe I'm wrong, and I go on to dread it. So you know, the horror subreddit. You no, know, funny, funny enough, the the original Jeepers Creepers was one of those that just kind of slipped under my radar, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. And now I think with all the you know controversy and the the way the franchise has gone, I'm I'm not exactly in a rush to go catch up on <laughs> yeah. it. You know? Yeah. Well, you're always safe watching the first one. Yeah, that's true. You know, you're always safe watching the first one of any property, and like the reason that gets the sequels because the first one's good. Yeah. yeah, no, and I get that. And I mean, you know, maybe I'll pick it up at like a, a pawn shop or a library or something. So yeah. Not, oh, yeah. You know, supporting that guy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Justin Long, what a, what a king in the genre, though. He I mean, I don't know is. if you guys saw Barbarian. Yeah. Fantastic. One of the last things he did, uh, Drag Me to Hell. Just a massive fan of the guy and, and what he's done for the genre lately. The way he's uh-huh. able to go in and out like to different genres and just be good at pretty much almost everything he does. Though I don't know if I've really seen him in anything too dramatic. I know he's done. No, I mean I, I've seen him in uh, I've seen him in a few comedies and I've seen him in some horror stuff. Yeah, um, but he's always he's always reliable. You know, he's um, he is really phenomenal. And he even crossed put the two together for Kevin Smith's Tusk. <laughs> yeah, or or drag me to or, hell. Yeah, I guess you could call that a comedy too. <laughs> There's some comedic stuff in there. I mean, come on. By the time, by the time you get to the goat scene, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I could, I, I'm not, I can't argue with that. That's funny. But, yeah. I, I actually never finished Tusk, and it's not on purpose. I uh-huh. tried my best to to get through it, but when Tusk became available on Netflix or whatever, I had started my new job with the waking up early thing. So ah. it's like I'd get to the end of the day and be like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch it. Here we go. And then I fall asleep <laughs> and then I get back the next day. All right, I'm going to do it. Here we go. And then I'd fall asleep. So I, I will eventually get around to watching Tusk. I just, I wasn't, uh, yeah. I wasn't huge on Tusk, but, uh, 
this the film Kevin Smith did just before that, and I think it's a part of some like unofficial trilogy. But Red State, I really liked Red State. Yeah, so Red, um, Red State's outside of the True North trilogy. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah, so like he did that one. Um, yeah, loved Red State. And then, it's phenomenal, and I, I wish we had gotten the uh, the ending that <laughs> he wanted to do. Have you guys heard about that? No, no. It's so, so the original ending. I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but the, the ending was supposed to be that like the apocalypse was really happening, mm. and that these angels were going to come down and like slice the heads off of the false prophets, and it was going to be like this huge armageddon set piece and the uh the studio was like this one scene is going to cost more than any of the last <laughs> movies you've ever done <laughs> combined this is like wow that would this been... is more than chasing amy mall rats like this that... is millions of dollars and they couldn't do it that would have been sweet uh, that's like it would have been awesome yeah no it would i have to keep mm. an eye out because he's been just like you know his post heart attack being like very active with events and fans so it's like over like the smod theater smod cat like oh that's about you know, like an hour hour and a half drive from here oh wow so not not too bad um and they've been doing a lot of events over at that theater where he occasionally is there or someone in the movie was is there to watch it and hang out and talk about it nice um yeah well, I know I, he's uh, he, he's coming to uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. I saw, which is probably just about three hours from where I'm at. He's you know he's traveling, doing the whole convention circuit and stuff. And so, well, that that I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, so Red River Horror, based in Philadelphia. Uh, where do you hail from, Stephen Beeson? So currently, I'm in Hot Springs, Arkansas, probably just an hour away from the uh, state capital here in Little Rock. So I'm I'm a little bit far from uh, your neck of the woods, <laughs> but <laughs> but no, I mean you know, um, yeah, just yeah. How, know, how far from the uh, the fabled Texarkana? Uh, oh gosh, probably about two hours. The the town that dreaded sundown. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm about, gosh, probably an hour or two away from uh, Folk. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Folk monster, but, you know, the legend of Boggy Creek, all that. Yeah. I think huh. you know, there's there's definitely some horror stuff here, you know. Yeah, I was saving all those questions, but you're going to have to tell us some stories if you want to get take a minute to think about <laughs> Absolutely, them. Absolutely, yeah. The, the lore behind them. You know, so yeah. up, up here, you know, we're about an hour from the Pine Barrens. So, you know, Jersey Devil right across the river. Um, who else do we have up here? I mean, we have uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. Eastern State Penitentiary. Yeah, we got the haunted. Oh, wow. Okay. A lot of the haunted stuff. I was at, like just Pen Penhurst Asylum. Yeah. Uh, it's it, they've turned it since into a haunted attraction, but that you know that was that that big expose. I think what was it in the '60s? A lot of horrible uh, things happened there. Yes. Um. So. So I think there's probably you go two two and a half hours maybe from where I'm at. Um, there's the Crescent Hotel, uh, which is one of the most haunted hotels in the nation, apparently. And they've, mm -hmm. they've had it on the Travel Channel and stuff like that. It's bizarre. I've, I've never been there, but I, I have had friends who have worked there, and they've always said, like, there's something about it that just, you know, they've always been like, I don't really believe in this stuff, but there's something there. <laughs> always, <laughs> right? It's yeah, like, I, I don't believe it, but it's like that's a big but. but. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you can feel a little something. I I know? think so. I I like to because the the whole point, you know, you know, when you're younger, and especially when we were younger, I mean, go, Ghost Hunters was was big. Yeah, like it was a big deal. Um, yeah, you, you don't. I, so when when I approached it years ago, I never thought of wanting to disprove. What, what right. was happening? I always wanted to find something, so I was always a lot more optimistic going into something like a ghost hunter, a faux ghost hunter, whatever it is. Just looking, just trying to set up a camera, an audio recording, or whatever. So you're you're more looking for stuff. When you do actually find stuff, it's just like wow. But then that whole side of it, where it's just like no, the whole idea is to disprove. Like like okay, is that is that a a, a water heater turning on? Is that 
uh, toilet flushing in the in, in the outside. Yeah. Well. Is mm. your house not as well insulated as you thought? And you heard something <laughs> outside. Like that's right. Uh, you know, uh, but it's it's very interesting. I I still believe that there there is paranormal activity does exist. I think it's I think there's enough documented to prove that. You know, we don't we don't have to watch Zach Bagans yelling at stuff on Ghost Adventures and say, <laughs> "Oh, that's proof right there." But you can, I think, you can absolutely experience. Well, I think things. there's, you know, there's just some places that you have that just like negative energy. You know, and maybe that's it. It's just you know, you walk in and you just you you feel something's off. Like some some bad stuff has gone down here. You know, there's a presence. That's a yeah. That's like yeah. one of my favorite things of going to like a notable haunted place in America is that instead of like you know we always say negative energy, and there it's a positive energy. Even though that's <laughs> the, the okay. Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, ah. even though that's where Stephen King stayed, and that's what you know inspired 1408, inspired The Shining. Um, Dumb, oh wow! Dumb and Dumber was also filmed there, and there's like rooms. <laughs> Jim Jim Carrey was there for half a night and left. Wow. To another hotel. They got all sorts of stories. What does it you know, take to freak out Jim Carrey? So <laughs> he, I think he paid for 1408, which is the, you know, the haunted room. Yeah. Um, which is booked for years and years. Um, apparently there's like a, a maid there and she will like put away your things or like rearrange your things. Huh. And that kind of freaks people out. Um, but you see a lot of like the characters from The Shining in the picture were real people from pictures in stuff there but they're all wow. it's all like happy gatherings there's no <laughs> so here's the golden age club from 1970 yeah so oh. that's one that I always always really enjoyed but yeah there's definitely an energy there's a feel that you get i always got it going into uh general lafayette inn general lafayette inn which is yes. an old it's an old inn near here that's when it opened seven was 1700s or is it 1800s I think 1700 because I think General Lafayette was actually well, actually that's went where they there. put the name there. Yeah, so, yeah. Kind of like a midpoint between Valley Forge and Philadelphia. This inn, um, named after Marquis de Lafayette, used to be called the Baron Hill Inn. That whole area, you know, Baron Hill Roads right there. But yeah, you it's it was on Ghost Hunters too, I think, or one of the ghost hunting shows. But it, you definitely catch a vibe. I think so too. Building. It has less notoriety, Stephen. Like I don't know if you'd be able to find it, but uh, the General Lafayette Inn, it, it really does. I, you're not the first person I've heard, and, and you're not someone. Again, I think we've talked about this mm. in a previous episode. You're not someone to accept something like paranormal activity without. Yeah, with like it's not like something like a door shuts or something. You're like, oh, that's the wind or something. Yeah. Like you, you, you. You you're you'd be more so into disproving something than actually saying no. I think I think I feel something here. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think I'm probably more skeptical as well. But I I, I will say there's there there are those times where it's like eh, this this kind of hard to explain. You know, <laughs> this is just stuff. Yeah, maybe there's something in the air. Yeah, man. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's it. You know, so that's always good good stuff. Um, where were we? It's like, well, I mean, I I think introducing the audience to Stephen Beeson. Yes, uh, we actually got a good amount of uh, movies coming out. Yes, all throughout the month of June. I'm um, very excited about. I think you're on one now, The Blackening. <laughs> we well, I'm just kind of scrolling through because I'm just like, there are some good ones. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so by this point, so uh, we'll, we'll release this this episode very very soon mm-hmm so we already well we're we're into june so mm -hmm. let's go let's go take a look at the june preview steve steven have you seen any of these movies yet or so i haven't yet mm -hmm. um i'm very excited though for uh god is a bullet that's the new one from yeah. uh, nick cassavetes with uh jamie fox and um I'm not even going to attempt to butcher his name, but uh, the, uh, Jamie the Lannister. Lannister from Game of Thrones. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. I think it's Nicholas Quas. Ah, I butchered. Yeah, too. see, I wasn't even going to do it. Jamie is, Lannister. Is this the one? Is this the one that Jamie Fox was filming when he got uh, got sick? Maybe, but like, I believe so. Wow, I believe so. Here's the other yeah. news. You have January Jones in there. Who's yes. fantastic if you know her from Mad Men and a bunch of, you know, she's been a few other things. And hit the last name there where I'm just like, no effing way. Because he, he's one of my favorite follows on Instagram. 
he just goes up to people and just be like, Rita, you don't remember me? <laughs> like Andrew Dice Clay. Oh. Okay, okay. Sounds so, like a musician. Andrew Dice Clay was a very famous comedian in the 80s and uh-huh. early yeah. 90s. You know, but, hey, oh, <laughs> you know, Joey Bag of Donuts over here. Joey Bag of Donuts. <laughs> you know, he sold out you know, Madison Square of... Garden. He's, he was a big, a big thing. Yeah. And no, just... absolutely. And he, he's kind of, he's kind of fallen off recently. I know that, it, I want to say they tried to give him a little bit of a comeback with uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think he had like a bit on that. <laughs> he had his own show on quite... Showtime too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, which was a biopic type where it was like, you know, trying to be, it, he played himself. Yeah. So trying to be like Louie, I guess the only yeah. way I could describe it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know, doing like odd comedy gigs that he still does, but 100% worth a follow on Instagram because it's, it's just silly. Hmm. Well, and Steven, how do you consume, how, what's your preference on consuming films? What what will do you like the theater experience? Or are you digging this new kind of at home? Uh, I mean, I, I I think it depends. You know, I mean, I I um I usually prefer the theater experience. I think the problem that I've noticed is, you know, I I went to um this is not a horror film per se, but I went to go see uh, Spider Verse, the new Spider Verse. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it's also playing at probably 15 different theaters within five miles. You know, you can't help but, you know, throw a rock and find somewhere that's playing it. And so a lot of the independent films, you know, whether they're horror or not, they they kind of they get relegated to streaming. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as good as Spider-Verse is, and again, it's a phenomenal film. I really enjoyed it. It's just films like it are dominating the theaters. There's not room for anything else. Um, I watched Paul Schrader's uh, new film. Uh, he did, you know, First Reformed and Card Counter, and this is his, his newest one, Master Gardener. Um, and it was really, really good. Um, I couldn't find a theater within a tri-state area that was showing wow. it. Wow. Interesting. I had to, I had to watch it on streaming, you know, yeah. and of course I, you know, I, 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 you know, did the Amazon Prime VOD. Um, and you know, it's, I, I think, I think the issue is I wish there was more option, right? Yeah. Um, I would prefer to see a lot of these in theaters. It's just sometimes that's not available. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, so I don't know how it is in like the, you know, was Hot Springs and Little Rock, that whole area. Like, is there, in, yeah. like, how is there an indie theater scene down there at all? Not really. I mean, you know, you, you get to some of the, you know, bigger cities. I mean, there's, you know, but I mean, hell, I, I saw someone on uh, Facebook the other day that was in kind of a, a metropolitan area and they were talking about their, you know, local Alamo draft house and it's all like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider-Verse <laughs> right, and right. stuff. And it's like, the you know, the Alamo draft house. It's like, so it, it seems... I mean, it's especially affecting areas like where I'm at, where, you know, there's smaller towns. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's an all-over thing, too. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely very spoiled up here with uh, some of our offerings because we have, you know, one brand, Ritz, with their locations where they play non, you know, independent releases. You know, yeah. they're like small yeah. films. Like, you know, when yeah. you see a trailer, it says, in select theaters in select cities that's usually one of them mm-hmm. but the Bryn Mawr Film Institute that does the same thing and the theater in Ambler that does the same thing that's right um, Colonial Theater too Colonial Theater so yeah. yeah we're very very spoiled in that in that regard um, and it's like making me think that I need to be more active in going to the theater to see movies oh absolutely I've gotten yeah. very very complicit with just sitting on my butt <laughs> on my couch yeah so you know Especially these old theaters, they're awesome. I mean, we should be giving a little more, little more attention. Well, I guess along the lines of my other question, Stephen, from this month, June, uh, from the horror preview and just anything you've come across, anything that you must see in theaters, like something, give us a film that you, you'd have to see. 
Oh, gosh. You're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I think God is a Bullet would probably be my answer again. I think yeah. that's a film that, you know, I just, I, I, I think it looks phenomenal. And I, I think it, you know, it's worth, it's worth making the extra effort to go out and see it. Yeah. I, I think I really want to see The Blackening which is coming yeah. uh, June 16th. See, I think, that's, I think that's one where, you know, audience participation and being in a crowd, I, th- I think that would honestly heighten the experience. Yeah. Like, you know, you get into kind of a raucous comedy like that, and, you know, <laughs> to be around people who are laughing and enjoying it with you. I think that adds to it. I mean, just the tagline, they can't all die first. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. It's good. Um, you know, you could, you could say it looks like something that's going to be a little more original than compared to uh, the only thing I could compare it to is like scary movie. Yeah. Yeah. There was a film uh, that uh, that came out last year that I, I kind of reminded me of. Uh, it, it was Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I don't know yeah. if you guys saw that. And I actually did go to see that in theaters, and it was it was great. Um, but I really like these like deconstruction kind of meta horror comedies. I, I I think that's and and I I I feel like you know a lot of the scream movies kind of haven't held up as much as like some of this new stuff that's coming <laughs> out. Like, yeah, it, it's honestly if I'm in the horror space major market it's pretty tough to compete with like a24 right now that's I mean, fair like it's if you're scream because we, we just did a whole thing because uh we're big fans of scream obviously the property yeah. one two three and we did i don't know do we do a two-part or no we just ranked them when when six came out right we did a one one and done, yeah right? one and done yeah. so we, we did kind of a ranking and these newer ones i agree they're not holding up but joe actually brought up a good point in that episode in that i don't know if they're made for us anymore or at least joe and i yeah yeah age wise and i I hadn't considered that until you said it i'm just like yeah i guess you have to take into account who is who is the audience now like we were the audience 18 to 25 my thing was and and i've seen the first i think i've seen the first three screams um but my thing was the first scream as as good as it is and as much as i love it i don't know how necessary it was because i think wes craven already made the best scream with new nightmare i think that is a phenomenal film interesting yeah that's that's my opinion i feel like new nightmare is i don't know there's something about it that it really it goes just a step beyond what Scream is. I think it's really like it's it's more out there, and I kind of respect its audacity. Yeah, I mean, so you can you could you could say that Wes Craven could have bookended his slasher offerings with that new nightmare. Like if Wes Craven's the oh. master, like that could have been th- that should have been it, and then you know he doesn't even need to do something like Scream. No, exactly. And and I think there was a critic, I think like Mark Kermode, uh, if you guys are familiar with him, interviewed Craven and he was like, you know, why why would you you know, why would you do Scream? Like kinda of what I was saying, like, you know, you already did New Nightmare and uh Craven was like, Yeah, but who saw New Nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I mean, I would think it would be more for the technology piece of it, like, you know, personal cell phones were Yeah. Becoming way more common around then still not not everybody had one but utilizing those yeah. for having dual killers and little twists and turns and yeah i always found you know freddy's freddy and that new nightmare like got him out of the goofy freddy phase yeah, when i when re, i first reborn freddy uh, when i first saw new nightmare i the the real life freddy krueger looked pretty Pretty intimidating. Looked pretty scary. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, all practical too. Um, Robert England, <laughs> which actually up at the site now, the documentary mm-hmm. on Robert England is out now, and uh, Stacy Lane Wilson woo-hoo, woo-hoo. did a review on it. So if you think you want to see, I mean, who's if you're a horror fan, of course you're going to watch a documentary on Robert England. But if you want to know what Stacy thought of it, go to the site. Yeah, absolutely. RedRiverHorror.com. Boom. 
But real quick, because I, I didn't really look too much into God as a bullet, and now it's like we've brought it up a couple times. I am very excited for it, just reading uh, Stephen's blip here. You know, God is a bullet, last but certainly not least for the month of June in the preview. Jamie Foxx, January Jones, I think it's Nicolaj Coster Waldo. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Dice Clay ah. round out an all-star cast in this horror-adjacent crime actioner about an honest cop forced to go undercover in a satanic cult to save his daughter. That is just sounds like a ton of weird yes. action. I don't know. I, this seems like a good one. Yeah, I haven't definitely. seen a trailer for it yet. And I'm I'm a Jamie Foxx fan, so it's like he whenever he's in something, I usually go see it. Yeah, no matter what. Um, I, I, just, I mean, he's he's Django. Come on, what more do you need to say? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, wow. All right. So now I guess got through some film to. I, well, you know, I guess some some questions for you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. I, I in the uh, uh, in when you're not writing for Red River Horror, you are you are a movie reviewer, correct? Yes. Yes. And I just have to ask in in. Is part of your mo that says B movies? Is there any B movies that the horror audience should be aware of that we might not thought might not have thought of before? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> yeah. There's there's one that that immediately comes to mind, uh, and it's I don't even know if it's a B movie, but it's um, it was more recent. I think it came out, gosh, like mid two thousands, early twenty tens. Um, and it was one of Bradley Cooper's first, like, starring roles, like one of his big breaks. Um, and it came at a time where the studio was going, like, uh, under some changes. There was a new studio head that came in, and he did not like the film. And so it kind of got buried. It got relegated to, like, streaming and VOD. Um, but it's called The Midnight Meat Train. And it's based on a Clive Barker story, and uh, Vinnie Jones, Bradley Cooper. Um, there is a there's a Ted Raimi cameo. <laughs> I mean, it is just a phenomenal film, and it, it it's cheesy in all the best ways. It's it's messy. It's it's not quite all the way there, you know. But it there's something about it that is just phenomenal like there's something undeniably great about it i i I think it's incredibly underrated midnight me train so i remember joe i did actually see this on demand the problem was it 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 must have been whenever it came out Mm -hmm. on demand before the whole i think before the whole streaming thing took off i i don't remember much of it so I will have to go back. Time to revisit. Yes, and you and you've been looking specifically for things to that we may have missed mm-hmm. that we need to go back and watch. This one, because I've seen it once, I don't remember much about it. So we will have to watch that one. Put it on the list. Midnight Me Train. What else? Oh gosh, ah, <laughs> let me think about that one. Ah, ah the um. I don't know if this would count as a B movie. I mean, a recent horror movie that came out, uh, Bone Tomahawk. Have you guys seen that? I have not. With Kurt Russell and Patrick Wilson. Phenomenal film. Uh, I, I won't give too much away. Um, it is a Western until it isn't. Gotcha. <laughs> there is a There is a very bizarre, brutal plot twist. That I, I don't want to give away, but that is a film that is a really it, it blends two genres in a way that is incredibly compelling and and very interesting. And I would highly recommend that one. I think that was like 2015. I think um, would highly recommend that. Kurt Russell, Patrick Wilson, phenomenal. Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. Okay. Yeah, and and that's I've been trying to get more into westerns when i was younger i never i never picked up on it i know that everybody quotes a lot of them <laughs> i know john wayne and then clint eastwood or whomever the hell but i never got into them but i loved i absolutely loved no country for old men 
so yes so so if if anything can bring me would you say bone tomahawk is more energetic or would you say it it kind of pulls back and is a little more of a slow burn where would you where would you put it on that spectrum i i think it's it's very much a slow burn but i i would say if you stick with it it's 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 worth it in the end it's a powder keg and you gotta stick with it and that ending is just explosive that might be the next movie I watch, Joe. I, I'm into a slow burn. I'm trying to get, vibing on slow burns. Yeah, yes, yes, I really am. Not like the depressing stuff, but if it's depressing, that's fine. I was telling Joe in a previous episode, uh, my wife and I, like, we started. You know, we get home on a Friday and be like, ah, oh, let's let's watch a movie. We we subscribe to Shutter, all that fun stuff. And I had a habit of just putting on really depressing stuff. <laughs> just like so so it's like that's not a friday night like you you know and i bring it up all the time like i want to see jason lives on a friday night i don't want to be uh like down in the dumps yeah yeah so uh so bone tomahawk though i am i'm in for the slow burn joe put it on put it on yeah it's funny it's like i've westerns have not hit for me my my dad my brother's obsessed yeah that's right um yeah my dad and brother love westerns okay that's just not one that's ever really stuck with me, hmm. but I'm always willing to try. I'm always willing. To try. If you're looking for something, something a little older, uh, I would try uh, the New York Ripper by Lucio Fulci. It's a 1980s Italian exploitation film. Uh, very cheesy, very over the top. It is. Uh, the, there's a serial killer on the loose. Who who talks with a a Donald Duck <laughs> impression? It's sold. It's uh-huh. a, I mean, say no more, right? Yep. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. That's exactly. New, New I York, mean, what more do you want? New York uh, Ripper. Yeah, New York Ripper. That's phenomenal. That that is a that is a classic B movie. I would say. All right, definitely worth checking out. Now for other movies, you see, is that an Exorcist shirt you got? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Stephen, how are you feeling about what's to come with the exercise? Oh, brand? gosh. You know, I, I mean, it's the the exorcist is is kind of, you know, it's an inevitability, right? I mean, it seems like every classic horror franchise is, you know, they're, they're going to reboot it. They're going to bring it back. Um I, I think there's something to be said for not messing with perfection <laughs> because yeah. to me, the exorcist is, I would say even more so than Halloween. Like the exorcist to me is just on an entirely different level. Yeah. Um, and I think especially, you know, gr- growing up where I'm from and, and being around this sort of like, down south like christian conservative you know all of these people like being around them growing up it's like the exorcist had a different connotation like like it was you know my my grandmother and my mother were raised around this like national inquirer like you know man sees the exorcist and kills himself because it's too real you know and so it's it's hard to because it, it seems like every other movie that comes out now like you know whether that's hereditary or whatever it's like this is the scariest movie since <laughs> the exorcist yeah yep. so it's like the exorcist is not even at this point it's not even a film right it's it's like it's like a citizen kane it's like a it's like a you know a, a, whatever you know so it's hard i think it's going to be incredibly hard to follow up on that um now you know i mean there is the exorcist 2 oh boy you know the exorcist has kind of been tainted a little bit already and and hopefully it's you know better than that is the least i can say real quick before we move on past two i gotta ask since you are a huge exorcist fan did you prefer the original cut of the film or did you prefer the one that they re-released in 2000 where they added some of the stuff back? 
I, I like the original cut. I like the theatrical cut. Um, there's one line in the in the redux or, you know, whatever sure. you want to call it. The version um, you've never they, seen. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. There's one line in that where I, I think that the two priests are having a conversation and it's a very heartfelt conversation. And I, I, I think it I think it speaks to the overall message of the film. And I feel like if you just kept the theatrical cut the same, but included that little exchange, I think it would be perfect. I thought the other stuff, I mean, the spider walk, all that yeah. stuff, that was kind of corny, you know. But <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, at the time, every, every other franchise, every other name was getting a you know reboot or a sequel or something to yeah to revitalize the brand and that's what you got for the exorcist was the actual movie with added scenes yeah so well so what i was you know and i'll i'll say of of the the films that have come out that have been you know reboots or or you know I don't know recalls. I guess you know, yeah. <laughs> at this point, um, you know, I thought uh, I thought the latest Hellraiser that they did on Hulu was was really good. I really liked that one. Um, they did a reimagining of Suspira. A lot of people were kind of hit or miss on that one. I thought it was great. Um, I, the last king. I yeah, thought, go ahead, sorry. but with Suspiria, I thought it was. It was good for a while. I was totally digging what they were doing, and then I think it suffered from what, what I call the Rob Zombie effect. Yeah. So, so did you ever see Lord Lords of Salem? I believe so. It's been a while. So just a really cool movie that, like, just something completely different for him that's going along, going along, and then all of a sudden it just gets weird. It's like there's that, like, like little thing that brings the i don't i don't know it just gets very strange yeah you know like it gets psychedelic and that's what he was going for that suspiria right. for me suffers at that when it gets to that point i was like really surprised i'm like what the hell is going on here what was that like the the death orgy thing oh yeah yeah well you know i i, I kind of liked that I, I thought it was weird and out there and you know i kind of you know my thing was i respected that they weren't trying to just do shot for shot, right? They were trying to do their own thing. They didn't, you know, they were trying to do muted colors. They were trying to do kind of more slowed music. It wasn't, I think the mistake for that would be to try and tread the original. And I think that's what a lot of films do now. And, you know, I mean, an example of that, that, tries to do something new and original but still kind of treads backwards a bit the the newest Candyman film yeah. i did not care for that one at all it yeah see i'm such a fan of the 92 Candyman. Oh, like it's absolutely one of, same it's one of my favorite horror films of all time like period yeah. like, i just love it so I was as as excited as I was going into it, and as I, I thought it did a lot of cool things during it. I, I agree with you. It was. I, I wanted to love it, that, but same. it was just it was such a disappointment, and I don't know at the end of the day that it knew what it was trying to say. Yeah, and it just came up a little a little short. Yeah, I mean, that's the hard part with the reboots, and like especially with something like The Exorcist, where I was hoping like could they just go full Gus Van Zant? Would he do a psycho and just do everything exactly, <laughs> exactly. the same, just in a more modern yeah. look? Well, the thing that I think the thing that makes me nervous more than anything is this is this is now going to be an Exorcist trilogy. Yeah. So they're going to do the full David Gordon, or like they did for Halloween, but they're going to do it for Exorcist. And I'm like, I. And it sounds no. like they're going full Halloween too with going yeah. with Reagan now. Oh no. Yeah, that's one of it the just, things I heard. Like going full. I will. But. I will say. Uh, have you guys seen The Exorcist Three? We love The Exorcist Three over here I at Red absolutely Red. love that film. Love it. It's a and phenomenal. That's, that's the uh, true. Brad Dorif should have won an Oscar for that performance. Okay. He's absolutely incredible. He he scared the the first time I saw that. I didn't expect much, 
because The Exorcist in itself, like you said, it's just so good and so classic. And we watched the second one together, and it was so bad. So I had yes. <laughs> I had no expectation going into Exorcist three, and I freaking love it. Brad Dourif scared the crap out of me in that film. Yeah, I mean it's fantastic, and that's the actual sequel to The Exorcist. Yeah, from, like from yeah, William Friedkin. Which is funny because I, I I think uh, the the writer, I, of course I'm drawing a blank on his name, hey, but I, I he Peter didn't want to. There it is. There it is. He didn't want to call it uh, The Exorcist 3. He had some other title in in mind, but the studio was like, no, it has to be connected, which is funny because at that point, The Exorcist wasn't, you know, after The Exorcist 2, who the hell wanted to see, you know, Exorcist 3, right? It seemed to be a common business decision, and that's how we got blessed with the gift that is uh, Troll 2. (laughs) <laughs> um, or halloween three season of the witch <laughs> hey, somewhat that hey. one's actually a little different move so the then, the difference know. there is that was supposed to be halloween three and then halloween it was going to go full anthology from there yeah which is what i always wished happened um that Same. michael myers I, I didn't wish... come back for years and years and years and maybe ever maybe i found yeah I wish they had not done the whole uh, sibling reveal in Halloween 2. I think that really hurt the franchise. I think that was like, yeah, we have to have, you know, it's of a certain era. We have to have our Empire Strikes Back moment. <laughs> and I think there was something about that original film where it's just, you don't know why this guy is, is chasing Lori that I think added to, like, the mystique of it. Yeah, and yeah. that's an argument that we've gotten into really deep with uh, a friend of our show, his YouTube channel, Different Take, uh, Joe D'Angelo, when he's come on, because he, he, he's same as you, just thinks that the sibling thing really ruined it, and what he really liked about 2017, 2018, 2018. was that it ignored the sibling aspect of it it took that back out so it just went direct sequel from the first one and then that led to me saying well then it just doesn't make sense there's no reason for 2018 why is he going back after jamie lee <laughs> like that's dumb right yeah like it was just trying to make sense of some make sense out of something that you know well if we're gonna keep going we gotta try and piece it together because the mystery's gone yeah um well, and it's, you know, at this point, Halloween has kind of become like choose your own adventure, right? I mean, there's like, <laughs> yeah. there's, the, there's the H2O, there's the Rob Zombie, there's like all these different timelines now, and it's, uh, it's such a mess, you know? Yeah. I, I think I think actually there was, there is a popular YouTuber that put, th- th- that did a like an all-encompassing Halloween video and said, okay, here's... Here's the, this path. Here's the the Jamie path. Here's the which. What's your favorite path down the Halloween trail? I mean, I, I, I probably just the original. I don't <laughs> just, just the original in a vacuum. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's going right back to our Jeepers Creepers conversation. You're always safe with the first one. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. No, I I will say as as far as horror sequels, I I think. I think Nightmare on Elm Street is probably the most consistent. Okay. Yeah. As far as like continuity. As as far as overall quality, I wow. think. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it kind of gets into the Jason territory where it's like it starts off a little more serious and it gets goofy as it progresses, and then you get the new nightmare, which goes wait like you know, hmm. gives it a new new vibe. And then you got Freddy versus well, that, Jason, which is quite goofy. That raises an interesting question. What yeah. What do you guys think is like the worst dip in quality overall hmm. <laughs> for for a whole franchise? Yeah, for a whole franchise. That's tough. I because I mean I think I think there's two answers here, and I think it's it's Texas Chainsaw and uh, does that and count? Hellraiser. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I guess Texas Chainsaw counts, but yeah. Because those those are all just like cash grab sequels. And there's some fans that are huge. Two has a cult following. Hmm. Well, two is, I mean, two is is its own thing, you know. I respect what it's trying to do. It's, you know, it's not trying to. It reminds me a bit of like Evil Dead versus Evil Dead 2, you know. It's like. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, and then what's the uh, the one with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger? Is that it's not? They call it the oh, next, next, gen, the like next, next generation. generation or something. Yeah. And that's something a movie like that. that I really enjoy because it's so bad it's good. Oh, absolutely! It's a it's a disaster, but it's so much fun. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you talk about overall quality, yeah, I mean, Text Chancellor is a fair one, just but there's such a huge gap. Evil um, Dead is really consistent. I think. I think so too. I freaking. I think that might be the. I think that might be the actual answer right there. <laughs> but the the biggest, yeah, the biggest drop in quality. See, luckily for me, gentlemen, is that I only ever watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like that first one. Yeah. So I didn't see two. I didn't see the next <laughs> generation. I saw the Michael Bay one because I think we saw that in theaters. Oh, the the uh, the, the, the one with, where they changed it and they gave him like the name Thomas Hewitt and then they did the prequel to that one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, those are actually pretty decent. I, I saw I that. Mean, Text Chainsaw: The Beginning is one we both really liked. Yeah, the beginning. That's that's the one where that that they bring it back like she's related or something. I don't remember. I don't know about that. And then you had the one that was on Netflix. Yeah, last year that one. Oof, that one was rough. That was that was so bad for some people and so good for others. That actually was trending on Twitter for like a full forty-eight hours after they released that. Like, yeah. I mean, above, yeah. like among all the other actual trending topics, that was such a crazy freaking <laughs> divide. There were people that absolutely loved it, people that absolutely hated it, but everybody was talking about it when it first came out. <laughs> That's absurd. I, I think they were trying to do the David Gordon Green thing where it's like, oh, you know, she's still alive after all these years and she wants revenge. She knew where and he was. She, she, he didn't move. It's so cartoonish, though. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's honestly it's like what people make fun of with the whole like Batman vengeance. Yeah. It's like she's just been waiting She's this old woman who's, you know, suddenly going to become vigilante, and it's, oh my God, you're, Joe, you're you're speaking Joe's language. <laughs> that's, that's just what had me crying, laughing. I'm what, like, what do you what? call it? The, the geriatric? What do you call it? The geriatric revenge plot? Yeah, the Is geriatric the, revenge plot. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's oh, just like, yeah. The the other I thing will with say that the 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 bus scene in that one, if you know what I'm talking about, that's, that that's, was that's the coolest you. part. I liked the bus scene too. That's that's the whole reason that movie exists. Uh, but it's just a so, disaster. It's so <laughs> silly that she's you know waited all this time to go somewhere where it's not new. I mean, she's been there. He hasn't. She could left. go back there. They haven't gone anywhere. It's so, like she was been awakened. Let's wait until it becomes a tourist attraction. <laughs> okay, we need the movie to happen. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> you know <laughs> why not i mean you know um here's another one where it just drops off at leprechaun which, oh, which is yeah. gonna get a, a fresh Oof. one that so fresh, another fresh one yeah another fresh leprechaun coming our way um i mean the first one the first one's like it's silly but it's creepy i, th I thought the first one was fine yeah the I, first one has its moments yeah. i mean you know uh, th but i mean you know you're also talking about a franchise that, that you know is like leprechaun in space eventually it's exactly it just it just spirals into chaos of anything yeah. it just does it, i mean that's exactly what friday the 13th does too they both go to I, space i will say i i actually like jason x i actually like it it's well completely well, we how, have a how? special Red River Horror treat for you then, Stephen. Oh, gosh. So a friend of mine years ago at the this mall near us was like, is some kind of expo, and he bought a original draft of the Jason X script. <laughs> he has since given this to me. And so it's in the plans if you want to do some voice work where you're going to read the script as an episode okay. of Red River Horror. <laughs> the first Absolutely. Of Jason X. Love to be a part, yeah. We're thinking of doing like that that table read thing. Just Yeah. God, I mean, you know, can you really fault a movie where a woman gets her head frozen and smashed open? I mean, that is just <laughs> 
one of them kiss you know i don't know the evolution where the mask evolves to and everything like oh (laughs) oh my god i wanted to be that jason (laughs) at halloween I really did. That it's came the, out. Uh, what what is the the sleeping bag scene? Where yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that that's one that you rewound a few times just to keep laughing at. Oh it. yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> stop. Oh yeah. And it's funny. I actually went before Wizard World and conventions, like before they were like a big thing around here. They used to have one that was pretty. It was pretty small. So they'd have the whole Pennsylvania Convention Center in downtown Philly. And they would take up none of the room that it takes up now. Now you have, like, Marvel people there and Doctor oh, yeah. Who's and stuff. But before, it just used to be, like, they used to sell uh, movies and, you know, comic books and all that stuff. But I actually got a VHS hot copy of Jason X while it was still in theaters. Mm. That's the kind of stuff wow. you could do back in 01, man. <laughs> Good times. Oh, yeah. But, yes, yeah, so we will keep you posted on that. The Jason X draft table read yeah it's good the challenge of it is it's just been in this binder for so long is making sure you can get like clear copies of each page so we're able to pull it off (laughs) well i can i have i have a way of scanning the high high volume of paper okay so as long as it can survive then i can do it i guess it's worth a shot it is (laughs) so it reminds me of uh reminds me of a story uh there was a there was a guy who was like a uh, Hollywood agent. I saw him interviewed, and he was talking about that um, he he handled like Mel Gibson's stuff. Wow! And so this guy comes to the to the office, and it's an armed guard with this locked briefcase, and you know says, "I want you to read this. This is from the studio." And so, you know, he says, okay, well, you can just leave it on, you know, my desk. And he's like, no, I I can't leave it here. I have to stay outside while you read it. So he says, okay. And it's the script for signs. Huh. So how about that? So he, he reads the whole thing. He gives it back to this armed guard and he, you know, goes about his day. And the next day he's at, he's at lunch with some other, you know, producer or agent or something. And he says, um, you know, this this script came across my desk the other day and, you know, it was really bizarre how it was given to me and all the circumstances and what have you said. But I think it's phenomenal. It's a great script. He said, but they've they've put this fake ending in there so that we don't know what happens. He said that was the real ending. Oh, wow. (laughs) The whole thing with the water. You know Mm, what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The only downfall of the mo- <laughs> like Signs is a great movie up to that point. It is. It... I mean, M. Night was hitting on all <laughs> cylinders then. What was it, coming off of Sixth Sense and Unbreakable? Was Signs yeah. his next big one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was... Yeah, yeah, I think Signs was, was probably the beginning of the, the downward trend. <laughs> yeah. Though it's like I'm one of the rare cases where it's like I really enjoyed The Village. I the liked, village was pretty good. I thought the yeah. village was good too. I love Split. I love Split. Split, uh, Split is one of my de- devil head moments. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> it is so yeah. bad. It's a good sort of way. Yeah, it's it's oddly enjoyable in its own yeah. way. Yeah, I like the visit too. I don't care what you both say. Yeah, I have to give yeah, that, that one was... another chance. Uh, I'm not giving I, I Lady need to in the give Word. that one another chance. Yeah, did you guys you guys saw old? Yep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It just, uh, yeah. It was all right. It was a good idea, I thought. I thought the idea was great. Yeah. Just didn't. didn't. Yeah. The, the lady in the water is the one where I'm still like, what the heck happened? And well, I'm that, like, what the heck? What did I just watch? Well, maybe both of you can confirm this. I think Lady in the Water, like, The Village was the first film that did not get rave reviews for M. Night Shyamalan. So, like, the critics were mixed on the village mm-hmm. so i i thought that lady in the water he made like he was kind of calling out his critics by way of this film and it was really bad it was well there's that whole scene where the the movie critic gets killed by some kind of monster or something right. it's really on the nose yeah it's <laughs> yeah and, and it's yeah. Like he, he can't i i hear he cannot deal with 
that crit- that was the first time you know the, the critics were like yeah this some were like yeah and i mean you know if you if you put that amount of passion and and dedication into something and it, it doesn't pan out i mean i i get it but there's there's got to be a better way of handling <laughs> yeah <laughs> than lady in the yeah. water <laughs> than lady in the water yeah exactly and then the happening Oof. oh gosh oh that one's just brutal that's tough. That is, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that was a rough one for good old M. Night. Yeah. But the visit, revisit it, guys. I thought, I think, well, th- there's some scenes in there that are pretty disturbing. They're pretty, uh. It's, it's been a while since I've seen that one. I, I think it might be time to, to give it another chance. Yeah, that's, that's another thing we've been talking about, like revisiting some stuff where it's like we said didn't like it or whatever. So. One that popped into my mind, I remember we saw it in theaters and I didn't care for it then, but I'm like, you know, let's give it another shot. And that's the Skeleton Key. Oh, yeah. We did see you that know, in like theaters. The, the visit was making me think about that, but I had hmm. been thinking about it. Interesting. The Skeleton Key. With uh, Kate Hudson? Kate Hudson. Wow. Yeah. And well, some old lady in the body. I, I did not care for uh, Midsommar whenever I saw it. And I've had a friend since tell me, like, no, you got to give it another chance. You got to, you know, there's a director's cut now. And it's uh, like, ah, you know. <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's highly overrated. Um, I think, yeah. But. Yeah, I, I could see that. I don't know. I, like, a lot of people were just like, oh, my God, so good. It's like, it's the Wicker Man. Yeah. Know, slightly changed. Well, I feel like that's, got that that's something that I've noticed with, um with Aster's work and I, I I hope that Bo is afraid I, I haven't seen it yet but I hope it's a little bit different because I've noticed with a lot of his films up until now like Hereditary and, and Midsommar it, it just it feels like he just watched Rosemary's Baby and now he's going to do his version of that or like Don't Look Now and mm-hmm. you know Midsommar like what you're talking about with The Wicker Man and he's a director who it's weird because I think he's very influenced by Grindhouse and exploitation and horror movies, but it comes across like he's almost embarrassed of it. Like he's mm. he's not someone who's wearing his influences on his sleeves. Like he's trying to be better than what he's inspired by. Interesting. And I think in a way that, but like in a way that feels maybe like condescending to, to the source or something. I don't know. That's, that's my interpretation, but hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten that. But I haven't, but I can see exactly what you mean. Yeah. I never thought about that way. I'm like, you know, that I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, I got told to avoid Bo is Afraid, and I'm not. I'm just being lazy hmm. about it. Hmm. No, exactly. Um, well, it just hit VOD like yesterday, I think. So I'm, I might check that one out today. I've heard it's, at the very least, it's more like it, it's more original. You know, it's kind of like its own thing, which is respectable. I mean, God, with all these franchises and stuff like we're talking yeah, about, it's, yeah, you sure. know. Well, I guess anything in closing that we should know about before we chat next, I, well, we will be oh, chat, yeah, chatting hit, hitting next. The, hitting that wall. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, actually, just really quickly, if you guys don't mind, uh, I am an independent filmmaker in addition to all the other stuff. Uh, so I'm going to be launching my first uh, crowdfunder here pretty oh, soon. We're doing right. a... Uh, yeah, we're doing a horror crime anthology, actually. We're going to be shooting up in London, Ontario, Canada uh, later this summer. And so, yeah, just follow me on social media and, and uh, you know, hopefully we're going to make some movie magic this summer. Wow, where on social media? Where can people stay updated if you can give all your... So, uh, uh, so you can follow me on uh, Facebook, uh, Stephen Beeson, or uh, Beeson's Dogwood Studios is the name of the page. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram at Magic. It's going to be a whole horror crime anthology. My part of it is about a boxer 
who gets uh, in debt of you know some sports gambling debt, and he gets you know in the crosshairs of this Nazi gang. Uh, it's brutal. It's scary. Uh, we're so excited to bring it to you. Uh, yeah, just follow for more updates. We'll have more information coming soon. That is awesome. Again, it's called Painkiller. I love it. Ooh. <laughs> All right, at B Movie Magic on Instagram. One more time. Was it Dogwood? Beeson's Dogwood Studios on Facebook, or just send me a friend request, Stephen Beeson. For sure. Perfect. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Best of luck with that. Thank we'll you be, so we'll, much. We'll be following that closely. Um, yeah, and we can talk about that more off off air. Yeah. About you know some of our yeah. own projects and stuff. We share some some things. Um, <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. All right, Joe. I think. I think. Well, no, Stephen. I'm. I'm glad the listeners finally got a chance to meet you. Um, yes, and thank you so much for having me uh, be a part. I'm. I'm happy to be on board. Anytime. You're welcome on Absolutely. the show. Absolutely. So. All right, Joe. All right. So, Eddie, you got anything else to add? We clear? Nope. We just cleared episode 97, Jeremy Roenick's number for the old orange and black. Brother. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's been episode number 97 of the Red River Horror Podcast. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at facebook on instagram wherever you might do that you can find the red river horror podcast on any of your podcasting platforms and remember to keep traveling those channels of fear